basically the main principle, Dave, is uh, we want to honor the government, but we want to honor God even more. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Fanus Ding Podcast. Uh, John Fanus here, along with... David Ding. And for those of you who are just joining us, we do this podcast almost every week as we've been going through the Book of Romans. It's a way for us to go deeper into the sermon. You know, whenever someone preaches, there's always stuff that has to go on the cutting room floor just because there's so much information. And we thought this would be a great opportunity for us to go a little deeper. It's also a chance for us to get to know different people in our church that we have on the podcast now and then. So we hope you enjoy this. And uh, David, this last Sunday was kind of interesting, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think on top of having a sermon around government, which I know is always tricky to navigate, um, but we also had an unexpected guest uh, in a bat. And then I think you had mentioned this is the second time that's happened. Yeah. So this is really funny. So those of you who are not at church, uh, we have two services. So at our 930 service, somewhere um, the beginning or yeah, maybe first third of my sermon, a bat made it into the auditorium and was flying above our heads. Um, just a quick funny note is after the sermon was over, typically people will come up to me and you know share one thing they appreciate about the sermon or what God's been talking to them. Never before have I had at least four people come up and say, way to handle the bat. That was their primary feedback <laughs> yeah. about my sermon. It was good job with the bat. So, Which ironically means they were distracted by the bat. They were. Yeah. And apparently they were impressed by the way I handled it. And part of why I was able to handle that in such a calm manner is, as you referred to, this was not the first time mm. that I preached with a, you know, I told the congregation it was a bat and I can't remember if it was a bat or a bird, but it was the same principle. Um, but that, probably my worst ever should I say worst ever, most unique, slightly traumatic Sunday ever <laughs> was uh, as a young pastor, I was probably in my, th- I don't know, I was probably 30 years old and we had just started a church in Pittsburgh, California, shout out to Edgewater Covenant Church. Mm-hmm. And we were meeting in a school and it was our second Easter together. So small church, you know, maybe 200 people. Um, and as I'm preaching a, a bat or a bird, I can't remember right now, mm-hmm. comes into the auditorium. and. Basically, what I learned from that experience was no matter how charismatic I preach from up front, no matter how many wonderful illustrations I have, the bird or the bat will win out. Mm. And so when this bat came into this church this Sunday, I'm like, it's over. Mm. There's nothing I can do at this point to get your attention. But apparently by just telling that story, people really enjoyed that. And actually were tracking with me. And Tiffany was so funny. She's like, I was hiding from this bat. And why wasn't anyone else screaming or running? Oh, she was surprised yeah, at how yeah, calm yeah. people were. Yeah. Anyway. That Sunday I'm referring to that happened many years ago, it wasn't just the bat or the bird, but that was the first service was banned, uh, you know, Easter Sunday, and I had no one's attention. Mm-hmm. But the second service was even more traumatic. And there's a story behind this. I don't want to go into all the details, but there was a lady in our church who, um, her mom went to our church, her daughter went to our church, but she was not mentally well. And I say that with compassion, just mm-hmm. she had some issues in terms of mental health. And apparently her daughter brought home a palm branch from the previous Sunday, Palm Sunday, Mm -hmm. and left it on the ground. And this lady's cat ate the whole thing. And um, her cat got very, very sick, went to the VA or went to the vet. Um, She didn't have that much money. She was was paying out of pocket for stuff. But her resentment towards the church was growing all week after this because she thought we uh, had passed out poisonous plants. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hadn't, but the deal is and maybe vets can clarify this, but I guess if a cat eats any large quantity of leaves or at least palm branches, it's it's just toxic over time. Oh, so okay. 
Anyways, she was she called me Saturday night and was just livid, angry, cussing at me, accusing mm. me, wanting to see the church. Da, da, da. And I was trying to be pastoral, but it just was not going well. She hung up on me. I called her back. She cussed me out. Called. I mean, it's just one of those like <laughs> yeah, awful, yeah, yeah, awful, yeah, awful yeah. things. Again, this is the day before Easter. And so I I call a friend in our denomination trying to go, hey, I've never been through this before. I'm a young pastor. You know, is there anything I should do? And he's, you know, he heard my day. He says, it sounds like he did a great job. And then he said, do you think she'll be at church next Sunday uh-huh. or tomorrow uh-huh. for Easter? I'm like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you might want to just update your ushers on this conversation uh-huh. just in case she shows up and she's not doing well. I'm like, okay, good. So next morning, Easter, Easter Sunday, I pull our ushers together and say, hey, this is what happened. I don't think she'll come to church, but just in case, know that she's pretty upset. Um, so first service happened. She's not there, but the bat is there. The bird is there. So that was crazy. Second service, she's not there, but I'm preaching. And as I'm preaching, I see her come in the back. Oh. She's in her PJs and she's carrying a shoebox. Huh. And right then I knew she has her dead cat oh, in that no. shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, I'm not making this up. And no one else sees her. The yeshers don't see her, but I see her because she's in the back. Mm. And as I'm preaching, and I think, uh, people told me this later, but I was, you know, doing an Easter Sunday sermon. So I was in the passage where I said, Mary entered the tomb. Okay. And then this lady in the back yelled right in that moment. And she pointed at me, that man killed my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you do? Like yeah. everything just like shut down yeah. and everyone turned around. Yeah. And apparently some people thought that was part of some illustration I was making. <laughs> Mary walked into the tomb and yelled, that man killed him. And, um, you know, the ushers, you know, clued in right then. Uh-huh. So they ushered her out with a shoebox. And I heard later one of them bought her a new cat. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, how do you recover from that? And so basically God just gave me the right words. I said, hey, church, you know, she's going through a lot. This cat was meaningful to her because she bought it at a time of great loss. Mm. And so this cat just passed away. She's in a lot of pain. We stopped and prayed for her and we moved on. Mm. And, you know, her mother and daughter who both went to the church came afterwards and were so apologetic for mom Mm. and daughter and all that. And so, you know, we tried to minister to her afterwards. So anyway, that's a long story to say when the bat showed up yesterday or this Sunday, I'm like, no big deal. Uh, uh, (laughs) I've been through this. Yeah. We're going to be okay. That's that's like healthy. You've you've done a lot of recovery because you're not projecting. Oh no. At the 11 o'clock service. Exactly. (laughs) Who's going to bring in a dead cat into the service. And you know, I obviously have tons of pastors, friends. And this time I was a very young pastor. Like I think I was in my second year of full-time pastoring. And so I'm talking to my other pastors who are like 30, 40 years of ministry. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that was the worst we've ever heard. Like there's like, yeah, yeah. This, there was no like, oh yeah, we've been through this before. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. that was weird, John. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird story. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that was a bat on Sunday. That yeah. was interesting. Well, to kind of transition to more <laughs> serious. <laughs> I want to see how you transition yeah, this yeah. one. <laughs> more serious issues. This past Sunday, uh, you shared a message about governments. Yeah. Um, and what would be some of those highlights about um, our relationship to government or how we should kind of think through those things? Yeah, yeah. So Romans, the, the passage is Romans chapter 13, uh, 1 through 7. I won't read the whole thing. But you get the sense from what Paul writes is that government is from God. Government is good. So you better obey the government or not. If you don't, you're actually disrespecting God. This is kind of absolute statement. Mm-hmm. And it can trigger a lot of us because, well, what about when government isn't good? Is it still, are we still supposed to do, do whatever the government says? And 
And the principle that I was telling the church is, you know, whenever you come across a passage like this, it's it's good to look at the whole of Scripture, yeah. to see what are the repeated themes that come up over and over again, and not to interpret one section in light of, you know, make it absolute without getting everything's, everything's, everyone's perspective in Scripture. And what you find is there's lots of instances where godly people disobeyed the government and God mm-hmm. rewarded it. So basically the main principle, David, is uh, we want to honor the government but we want to honor God even more. Mm. Uh, that's the main thing. So what that tells us is uh, we're not anarchists. We can't dishonor the government and think, God, you know, we wish government wasn't here. God, God gave us government in its purest form. Yeah. It's a gift from him where he's delegated authority to bring order out of chaos, uh, to reward what is good, to punish what is bad, and uh, we should respect government in its purest form. We also know there's corrupt government and corrupt officials in government, mm-hmm. and we need to honor God more that doesn't mean we dishonor those people, though. So you can disobey without dishonoring. Sorry, kind of a side. I, mean, I didn't bring this up, but uh, one of the commandments is to honor your father and mother. And what's mm-hmm. interesting is um, that's not just for kids. That's yeah. for adult children as well. We're mm-hmm. called to honor our father and mother. But honoring is different than obeying. Mm-hmm. Uh, children, you're supposed to obey your parents. Again, there's boundaries to that. But all people, you're to honor. And you, there's a way to disobey uh not agree with and do it in an honoring way. And the best example of that is to read the book of Daniel, of how Mm -hmm. Daniel rebelled against the king, but just showed honor the whole way through in such a way that this evil king actually repented and came back to God Mm -hmm. through through Daniel's respect of him in the midst of not listening to him. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I I know right now in our world, we're living in a tumultuous time where governments can be hard to trust and hard to see as benevolent right um, or even gifts right they they might feel more like curses yep yep um and so i know this conversation neither of us probably have good answers yeah. around any of these things but i i think it might be helpful for us to kind of maybe even like think aloud um yeah. through some of the complexities of our world today yeah yeah you know most pressing and and most kind of blasted around the news is is um, the war and conflict in Ukraine. Right. Um, yes. So, like, maybe just initially, as as we listen to some of what's going on in the world, what is our initial response before we even get to the like, what should we do? Well, I'm not a political expert. In fact, I know some of you are professors in this area, and so I want to ask for mercy if I or either wants to have some blind spots mm-hmm. in this. Um, my my sense is why this is creating such fear in us is it's a superpower, Russia, mm-hmm. uh, invading a smaller country. And we can talk about why, you know, some of the reasons behind that. But there's just a fear of World, world War III because mm-hmm. we're talking about nuclear powers. We're mm-hmm. talking about if other countries get involved to defend the Ukraine, what does that do? Is this a repeat of Germany? You know, mm-hmm. so I think there's a lot of tension about what this could become given that it's Russia, given that it's a country that has nuclear nuclear weapons. That's my understanding of the tension. But I think the question behind the question is, are we supposed to support Putin? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the... And I just would say, you know, in fact, I had someone come up and she came up to me and said, you know, I've been praying for Putin's death, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't out of evil, but it was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. this is evil, da, 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 da. And she's like, maybe that's not the right prayer, but behind it is, you know, sh- she is praying that his influence will stop. It's kind yeah. of the main thing. Yeah. But is there a better prayer than mm-hmm. that? And I, I think there might be. You yeah. know, again, I don't think it's wrong to pray against evil and pray for that God would stop yeah. evil leaders, you know. 
but is there a better prayer? I don't know. Is mm-hmm. there, can we pray for the redemption of a leader or the conversion of a leader or a, or a stopping? I don't I, again, this is not my expertise. I'm not a politician, but how do you pray for justice while honoring what the scripture says that these institutions were established by God and God delegated his authority? People may misuse that authority. What do we do about that? So yeah. that's a really vague answer, huh? You think about like even the early Israelites when mm-hmm. they had a system of judges mm-hmm. and they looked around and they wanted kings mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of in that moment, you begin to see this kind of separation of church and state powers mm-hmm. type of a thing where suddenly the leader is no longer responsible for kind of the spiritual well-being of the community. You know, Saul always wanted to be a priest and that was like one of the things that led to his downfall. Um, and so as I think about this kind of original intention of the beauty of government that God mm-hmm. had instituted at its very original design, kind of like what you shared in your message, it is about glorifying God first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we have systems that, and I'm not speaking against separation of church and state, um, but now that we have powers that are solely focused on state mm-hmm. and kind of the systems of our world and God is kind of removed from that picture. I think we kind of start seeing like how things fall apart mm-hmm. slowly. They mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And people sometimes says the church is the soul of government. Like mm. the church isn't government, but right. we're the ones that keep government accountable to its original intention of the soul of it is to, you know, yeah, protect, to love, to reward and, you know, so I wonder if there's a voice in that as well. Yeah. 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 But I think the question behind the question with, you know, wars and rumors of wars is how do we respond to leaders that we would see as evil? Mm. I'm not going to label any leader. Well, let's, let's, let's go with the one that we all can agree with. Let's talk about Hitler. Mm -hmm. Like, was it wrong to hide Jews? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the Anne Frank story, a wrong story. I think we step back and go, praise God that people had the courage to do that. Because, you know, so there's, there's room in that. Well, how about the American Revolution? Was that sinful? Because it was, you know, this is this is beyond my pay scale. Like I don't, I'm not a politician, <laughs> so that's not. I don't know. Right. I just think whatever action we take, that God willing is in response to our relationship with God, yeah. even if it's against a government authority. Yeah. There's a there's an understanding that there's some element of honor in the process. Yeah. That's all I would say. Uh, I think is as a guideline. I don't think that means you can't do A, B, and C, but um, yeah. there's some sense of. God did establish this. It may be an abuse of authority right now for that reason. I'm going to stand up against this, yeah. but it's never a a dishonoring of the the institution. As you're mentioning that, I think kind of at the core of our response should really be like, we have to remember that the spirit is within us and calling us to different things, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you have, you know, even if we're talking about Hitler, you have like the Bonhoeffers who right, right. like are plotting his assassination. Yeah, so those who don't know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, why he was imprisoned is he was actually a part of an assassination plot of Hitler as a Christian. Right. So that's always brought up tension. Was that okay? Da, da, da. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you had like um, pacifist, you know, Huguenots in France who were opposed to Hitler, but because of, they were, of their pacifism would not do anything violent. And mm-hmm. and two very distinct, mm-hmm. right, responses. But yeah. I feel like they were both trying to just discern what God was calling them to yeah. do. So the question is, is there room for both? Yeah. Right? And I think yeah. the answer is probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what, yeah. what is God doing in your heart? And Yeah. Because even when you mentioned the lady praying for Hitler, or... 
yeah. Putin's death, I'm like, well, David did that in the Psalms. Yeah, yeah, too, right, 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 right. So yeah, it's totally. like there's a, there's a bit of like, oh, okay, I guess right. there's some something there. It just feels not Christian, I right. guess, to say. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I think the other thing is like as we think through a lot of these conflicts, we're talking about it on a very high level. Yeah. But the reality is there are real people being hurt. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. And, I mean, think know. about the civil rights movement. I mean, I just think of that. Like, you know, you can talk about high-level stuff, but this is personal now, right? right? This is real. People are getting killed and all that. So right. these easy answers don't aren't very common. Yeah, and yeah. Then I think, like, even in our community, Sacramento, we have a large Ukrainian, large Russian population, <laughs> right? right. right? Um, and, you know, millions of people are fleeing their country. And so on a base level, I think there might be something that, even though there's responses that are unique to us, there's also responses that are kind of general. Like, you know, so if we have the opportunity to participate mm-hmm. in helping refugees mm-hmm. and right. we have the right. opportunity to help yeah. in this yeah, yeah. kind of Good. situation, I think there is some commonality there. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, You know, our denomination started a fundraising campaign for the Ukraine because we have uh, connections there. I mean, we can all kind of get behind that and say, hey, however we decide to respond to a government we may not agree with, there are some common themes that we can all, and there's got to be, like you said, I really, you've got to give room for people to interact with God on this one where there mm-hmm. are no super clear answers or yeah. some may say I'm an active rebel against the authority that's in place for the sake of my faith in Christ. Right. And others will say my approach is this instead. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's got to be room for that. And maybe God just needs all of those things to happen concurrently in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, Two things. First thing is, I, I think Erwin Ir- Lutzer, he wrote a excerpt how, um, I forget it was his own life or he was writing about someone else's life, but during Hitler's reign, uh, they were part of a small uh, German church and behind the church was a train track. And mm. so every Sunday trains would go by. And at the height of the war, that train track was used to transport um, a lot of Jewish people to concentration camps. Wow. And so... On Sunday morning, they would hear the cries oh. and the screams. Oh, man. And as a church community, they didn't know what to do. Right. So what they decided to do was they knew the timing of mm-hmm. the train, and so they would schedule worship to happen at that time, and they would just sing really loud to drown out the cries of the people mm-hmm. who are going back. And in, in what he's writing is he's saying, like, you know, there's still that trauma of, like, how could we do that? Like, as as we hear the cries of the people, we choose to sing our worship songs louder, like God is not glorified in that. Um, so yeah, I think as our church, we want part- We don't want to sing louder to the yeah. chorus of people hurting, right? right, right and so this right. is one of those ways we're doing it uh, through, through our denomination. For those who might be skeptical of giving to a denomination, mm-hmm. right, which is, you know, because our institutional trust <laughs> is pretty low, um, which is, I guess is part of the, yeah. you know, um, what would you say about our denomination in terms of, like, why why would why would, why should I trust that the money is being helpful and and excellent? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I would just say, first of all, if you find ways to give that f- meet your trust level, go with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's not like I don't feel like a denomination has a has a. Um, Exclusive claim to yeah. you know honest giving, yeah. but no. The nice thing about denomination is it's an international movement where we have missionaries and church workers in so many countries, and so 
What's nice about that is if there is a national or international um, crisis, we often have people who are close to the story or part of the mm-hmm. story and can quickly identify, here's how we can help. So mm-hmm. I, I would just say that it's kind of a, hey, one of our family members is already there. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to them and see how we can help. So that, that's, that's been the big win. Yeah. So we actually have a department in our denomination, um, Covenant World Relief, CWR. Mm-hmm. We do have a whole denomination that's really committed to, hey, we have people on the ground all over the world. When there's crisis, let's connect with those people to find out how we can best serve. Yeah. And they opened up a fundraising scheme behind that to support what those causes are. And so, yeah, I would just recommend if you're going to give, go online, learn, and all that. But we yeah. tend to have higher trust with our denomination because we have a relationship with them. Anyone listening to this is interested in that, you guys can go check out our website. There's yeah, I believe it's there. under the announcements. Or if you just want to do Covenant World Relief uh, Ukraine, oh, okay. to, yeah, find the direct link there. Yeah, yeah. I was also talking to someone uh, after John Sunday, uh, African-American, who's thinking through the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean that we're supposed to honor the government? Like, So this is just to your point that there are faces behind this thing. Yeah. And, um, and so I feel like we can go too far one way or the other with this passage. Sure. Too far on the honor side is, hey, you know, push down your anger at injustice. Yeah. You know, the government's the government. I feel like that's not what, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, But the other thing that we could be in error that's probably harder to hear. And I think this is what Paul is, because Paul's talking about Rome here, mm-hmm. which is not a good, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's not a good good government. This is not a good government to the church. So right, Paul's not right. like writing this with a, look what a great leader we have. Right, He's right. writing this in the midst of corruption. So I wonder if he was correcting the other side of things, of just a disregard for government at all mm. because it's so corrupt. And God, And I think Paul's trying to remind us that, Actually, God set this up for our good and delegated some of his authority to these people. Yeah. And so I just love Jesus' approach when Pilate says, don't you don't have power? Yeah. Jesus is like, the reason you have power is because God gave it to you. Yeah. Or Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, the reason you have power right now is because God gave it to you, even in all your corruption. Right. So I think Paul's trying to protect that part of it. Mm-hmm. Of We've got to recognize that, yeah, it's God's delegated power, but people are misusing it. Yeah. But not just forget that it's still something that God gave away, right, you know? Right, so right. there's an honor somehow in that complexity. Yeah. I mean, I, I even think about these kind of three categories that, that we've, we've kind of mentioned, like this idea of family, mm-hmm. this idea of church, and even government. Yeah. And they're all like corporate institutions mm-hmm. to some right, degree. Right. And I think all of them, if we were to be honest, we see that tension of, the original intention of family, church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. state is such a beautiful thing. Yeah, thing like, about marriage, right? Like, yeah. yeah, these all the yeah, beautiful things. But all of us who have been around those spaces mm-hmm. can also just think through all the experiences where yeah. there's been pain in that, yeah. right? Where family, yeah, church, government, um, and so it's maybe just kind of holding that tension for institutions, recognizing that even within that. There's a beauty in God's original intention, but there's also a hope yeah. that the story didn't end with just the intention being broken. Yeah, that's right. But but, so but God is reconciling and redeeming so those things, yeah. and we just have to kind of – and maybe that's another thing that Paul is trying to encourage the church in Rome where it's like, hey, you got to hold fast to this because the story's not over. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. And, and we may see God glorified in it. Yeah, and this reminds me of, I think it's C.S. Lewis who kind of noted that the purest, best things that God has created, like the best things God created, because they're so good, they have the potential for the worst hurt. Mm-hmm. 
So think about marriage and divorce, you know, yeah. marriage in its best is a beautiful, beautiful gift. Yeah. Divorce, adultery, you know, whatever It's the most, it's, 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 but the pain is proportional to how good it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, think about family. Uh, family could be great, mm-hmm. but because it could be so great, it could also be super destructive. Yeah. And so much of our own healing is like family of origin <laughs> crisis that we've gone through, yeah. you know? And yeah. I wonder if government's the same way. Like at its best, it could be wonderful, yeah. but because it could be so wonderful, it could also be so evil. Yeah. And I think for any of us who have been scarred by any of these institutions, there's a sense of, well, I'm just going to throw it away. Yeah. And I would just encourage that your desire to throw it away because you're so hurt is actually an indicator of how good it could be if it were healed. Yeah. And so not to throw it away, mm-hmm. but to receive healing and pursue pursue the same reason why I was so hurtful is that because it could be so good. Yeah. And I think so much of our hurt in this life, our response to, is to get rid of the thing that caused it rather than to seek redemption because of how good it could be. So, yeah. All right. Well, there was a good nebulous government talk from people who are both pastors and not yeah. in the political world. So, again, you guys have mercy on us. This is not our expertise. And there are people in our church and in our community that have much more insight. I think what we're trying to provide is more the theology of it all, mm-hmm. of understanding the role of government, how God approaches it, and that there is variance to respond to government based on our yeah. relationship with God. Yeah. Like, there's there's tension. Yeah. I mean, I— I like gray, so yeah. this is perfectly satisfying conclusion yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I just, you know, you know, if I can go back to my main point, honor the government, yeah. but honor God more. Yeah. And I think that will that will outdo any honor to the government. But it doesn't mean by honoring God you dishonor the government. Yeah. You're just honoring God more. Thanks, David. All right, you guys, great talking to you. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Yeah.